How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are back at it again, working our way through 1 Peter. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, picking up where we left off. And again, if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you could just hold that to the end of the study or to our next broadcast, as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing. Now, going down through here, uh, we're really building up on the first bit of 1 Peter chapter 2 about the temple of God. And as we see in verse 5, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we took a, uh, a long look at the description there about being the temple of God. And today we're going to be talking about the priesthood. The priesthood. Uh, we are priests of God. And not just like, you know, in the cults, like in Catholicism or Orthodoxy, where they have their specific set priest clergy and whatnot. It's not like that in born-again Christianity. Every single born-again Christian is a priest of God. That's what scripture teaches. And if people don't like that, well, you've been drinking too much of the cultish Kool-Aid. All right, so let's get back to this. Again, we're going to be using the three points of the Christian faith, the three points of Bible study. Interpretation, application, demonstration. Interpretation is the what, the what of the narrative, what it specifically says, the narrative of the text. Then we back up, go again through it slowly, taking a look at how it's being said. The specific words and the pictures and the images and the doing the word studies as well. This is very important, helps us to understand it even deeper, uh, that much better. And in application, we also see where else in the Word of God does it talk about where what I'm studying, learning how to search the scriptures, line upon line, precept upon precept. Application is the how. How do I go about this? I read and I get the idea of the what. Now, how can I understand it better, more thoroughly? So you see the what uh, of the narrative. There's only one interpretation, but there's multiple applications. It could be applied mentally, physically, spiritually, circumstantially. And this is the how. How is, uh, do I go about all of this? And then all for a final demonstration, the why. Why is this important? To go live it, speak it, think it, do it. All right, so with this, going to pick up where we left off at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens. Grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your snacks. Come join us at the table. Time to study the Word of God. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so in dealing with world religions, studying all the different belief systems and structures, structures that are out there. I got my merds all wixed up. Out uh, studying all the different structures that are out there, different belief systems. 
it's interesting to see how they are all compiled, how they how they go about their operation, their modus operandi. And uh, when you get into uh, the quasi-Christian-esque sects like Catholicism, Orthodoxy, Seventh-day Adventism, it's interesting how they have this, this special set hierarchy clergy. Now, yes, yes, the Bible does say that he gives them some uh, preachers, some teachers, uh, and whatnot. Uh, these ones help help to expound the word of God. But in the cults, what they do is they really focus a lot on the individual, and they they love to elevate individuals, to elevate the individual to a special, special position in all of this. Yes, preaching is special, pastoring is a special position, but that's not how the cults go about it in a biblical sense they put this one uh, so high and above uh, unreachable and they are the holders of all truth and the 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 priest is the holder of all truth and they have that special thing you can't even hardly come near them and whatever they tell you that's what you do and and how dare you go against the elders how dare you go against the priests? that whole kind of thing is a bunch of just nonsense and it's not what the bible teaches not the Bible teaches at all. Yes, we have pastors, preachers, and teachers, but as the Bible says, that we are to test them. Like just as the Bereans did with Apostle Paul. How they held Paul accountable. The priest is not above reproach. The priest is not, uh, not above the people holding him accountable. As we see, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. And if it is not so, if what they are saying contradicts the word of God even remotely, then they're wrong, regardless of their position, regardless of their education, regardless of their titles, regardless of what they've achieved or whatever kind of fancy robes they're wearing. It doesn't matter who or what they are. If you contradict the word of God, you're wrong. And every believer should be held accountable by every believer. This is it says, you know, what judgment ye meet out shall be judged to you again. Shall be measured to you again. So we, we see how we're supposed to hold each other accountable. And like that uh, little reel that I shared uh, this morning, I came across on Instagram. So apropos of what we're talking about today, about how to identify wokeness and heresy and that kind of thing in the churches today. And as the fellow there talking about how he, uh, when he uh, was uh, going through the police academy and he's uh, becoming a, a policeman, says that you don't go studying all of the false, all the fake IDs and all the fake driver's licenses, that kind of thing. What you do is you, you meticulously, obs obsessively study the original, the real. You learn every aspect about the real thing. You go over it a million times and a million times again. And so you know exactly what the real thing is. And when something comes along that, that is false, that is wrong, that is an error, it, you, you may not know right off the bat what it may be, but you just, you just know there's something wrong with this. That's not right. That's not what the original says. That's not what the original teaches. And, you, and this is where the Spirit of God will bring up the conviction. You don't need to study all of the errors and the heresies and all the false things. You need to study the Word of God. 
And when you study the word of God, you see what it says and how it teaches who and what we are in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, how we're supposed to go about the Christian faith. It doesn't matter what catechisms, creeds, commentaries, councils, traditions, or whatever else say. What the word of God says is absolute. And anything that goes against the word of God is wrong, regardless who or what it is or where it came from. And this is how we're supposed to be. The priests protect the temple. So we were talking about the temple, what the temple is, according to the word of God, in this dispensation, in this day and age, and who, and where we are now, in the church age, that God does not live in temple made with hands, but in the fleshy table of the heart. Um, and so we see that God lives in the heart of every believer, and we are the living temple. And so... As are living temples going about in this world operating and i like to use the 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 imagery how you know like a mobile tabernacle so to speak as we we uh we carry the lord with us everywhere we go and wherever we stop we set up the tabernacle a place of worship and we serve the lord and then we pack up and move, keep moving i like that imagery and that uh, this is what we are. We are living temples of the Lord. The Lord lives in us, seals us, holds us, teaches us, and all this. Now, as temples, as you see in verse 5, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, what is the work of the priests? If we were to use the imagery we see in the Bible, going back in the Old Testament, taking a look at the Levites, for example, the Levite priests, what were their, what was their job? What, all, what were all the different things that they would do? People in the comments, what, uh, hey, what are some ideas? What things that come to mind? The different things they do. Like, clearly, obviously, they would offer up the sacrifices, what else? What else would they do? What was their job? What were they required to do? Their position, uh, a, very, a very sacred, holy office, uh, a holy order that they were call, called to be in and things they, they do, but what would they do? Ideas? You see, many a Christian, the way they look at Christianity, uh, the way they look at the faith, they see themselves as just one of the believers and that the pastor is the priest kind of idea that it's weird. It's very weird how so many Christians have this, this almost orthodox Catholic style view. And even unknowingly, uh, kind of a Catholic orthodox view of the faith of the hierarchy and the order and how things are to play out many a christian many a born-again christian don't actually look at the faith in the biblical sense that we all are actual priests now think about a born-again christian priest just scrub out of your mind just for a moment that those those robed catholic priests and monks get that out of your head the stupid collar thing get that out of your head um that's not what i'm talking about i don't care about that with them with their flea collars and everything else uh, i'm talking about born again christians 
the continuation of the priesthood order of the Levites. To get into that. This is what the word of God actually teaches. So we see here, this is what we are. And when you actually get your mind to click on this, this facet, it changes your whole view, your whole outlook of the born again Christian faith. You're not just a Christian. You're a priest. You have the authority of a priest. You have the power of a priest of God. You have the calling of the priesthood order upon you. You are actually a part, a member of a holy sacred order, priests of God. And when I really think about this, that changes the way I see Christianity. That changes the way I look at things. That changes the way I pray about things. That changes the way I react to things. It changes the way, the, the way I interact with people and everything. It changes the way I look at the word, study the word, share the word. It changes the way I behave. When I keep my mind on these things as we're called to be remembrancers, to remember these things, to remember the faith, remember who and what we are, our testimony. Let's continue. So as you see here, the priesthood, uh, uh, verse 5, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We offer up spiritual sacrifices. We no longer do the physical sacrifices. Kind of, thank goodness, I... Uh, <laughs> I it just uh, I I don't know. I guess you get used to it or something. It's just to me right now, it just that that seems very would be hard to do. I I don't know, but I'm just glad it's not physical sacrifices we have to do anymore. That Jesus Christ is sufficient. Amen. But we offer up spiritual sacrifices, and what are these? So we go to the comments here. Some of the ideas that put in here. Um, Purely says that the clean the the water uh, the water basin. Yep, the bring in the oil, etc. Yep, to to uh, to keep all these things furnished of all the stuff that they need to use. They would minister there, right? They would teach the people, encourage one another, and in, in maintenance of the faith and prayers. Amen. In the ser service of prayers, intercessory prayers, and praying for others, and to serve the people and serve the Lord. Amen. We see offering up spiritual sacrifices. We see in another past talks about the spiritual sacrifices of thanksgiving, thanking the Lord. So all our praising of the Lord, thanking the Lord, blessing the Lord, and, and serving the Lord are a form of sacrifices. It says our prayer is incense. So they would offer up the different kinds of sacrifices, and then we, uh, we offer up incense, which is our prayer. And we don't need to burn actual physical incense like they used to do in the temple and the tabernacle that 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 is now replaced so if we go back in the old testament and take a look at the different ordinances of the priest you would take these ordinances these physical ordinances and spiritualize them that's what it is now that's what it is now so you see offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god by jesus christ that God now accepts these things because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our high priest. 
as he went in that wants to offer up the blood for all the people the one for uh, one time for all the people and uh, we continue on verse 6 wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures behold i lay in sion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded unto you therefore which believe he is precious but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Verse 9. Here's what we want. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye. Now who is Peter talking to? He's talking to the believers. This is Peter. Apostle Peter. A stone, one of the stones in the building, as Jesus is the rock, the foundation. He he is the rock higher than I. He's the foundation rock upon which the building is is constructed. He is the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ's chief cornerstone, uh, that gives the order of the layout of how it's supposed to be built up. But we, we, a spiritual house, but also, verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation. Chosen by God, as we see in Ephesians and, and other passages, talks about how we are chosen, elect of God to do the works of Christ. So we are called of God as children of God, servants of God, as, as uh, friends of God, as we are living temples of God. We are the priests of God. Priests of God. A chosen generation chosen to be the priests of the people. Alright. So we see a royal priesthood. Because we're children of God. He's our king. We're his children. So royal priesthood. And holy nation. Made holy by Jesus Christ. A peculiar people. were set apart. Brought out. Changed. And were different than everyone else. Come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Be holy as I am holy, to be perfect as he is perfect. We are very, very peculiar to the rest of the world, are we not? A peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. To show forth the praises. Okay. Let's take a look at some things here. Now, if we take a look at what the born-again Christian is. First, we must look at what it is to be born again. Born again. This is second birth, a second life. We're born once physically. We must be born again. We're born of blood and water. We must be born of spirit. And uh, we see that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord God and Savior, for salvation from our sin uh, by what he did for us on the cross. He shed his blood and died, was buried, and rose again third day according to the scriptures. We believe on him as our Lord God and Savior, and he saves us, seals us, changes us, makes us who, who we are now. By grace, through faith, by belief alone in the Lord God Jesus Christ alone. We are chosen to do the works of Christ, elected to do this work as a royal priesthood. Peculiar people, as you see in verse 10, which in time past were not a people. We used to not be his people. Not every, not every person is a child of God. Only those who are born again are children of God. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 
but by his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God makes us who and what we are. All right. Take your Bible. We're going to go back into the Old Testament just for a minute. Because to understand the priesthood order, we must understand the the instruction of the priests according to the Old Testament. Let's take a look at some interesting points. Now, as we're born again, saved out of the world, right? We're set apart from this world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? That's what scripture says. That's important. Hold on to that just for a moment. Let's go back to Deuteronomy. It's really, really interesting when you study these principles and then you cross-reference the Old Testament to New Testament. All right, so about Deuteronomy. Oh, that's not the one I want. I want Deuteronomy. There we are. And what Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy 18. Verses 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 18, verses 1 and 2. The priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi, these were the special ones. This tribe, the Levites, were set apart. Different from all the rest of the Israelites, all the rest of the other tribes. Levites were special to God, chosen of God, elect of God to do his works, appointed by God as his priests, that God chose them, made them, elected them to do this, to be this. This is what they were, right? This is the Levites. Hey, now look at this. Now, this is when the Israelites are coming into the promised land and they were divvying up the land for all the different tribes of Israel. And then God went through all the different tribes. And then he came to Levi. God came to Levi and what Levi would inherit according to the promised land. Now look at this. The Deuteronomy 18 verse 1. The priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire in his inheritance. Verse 2, therefore, the Levites, the priests, therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance, as he had said unto them. Let that sink in. The Lord is their inheritance. Store not up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but store for yourselves treasure in heaven. Now, does that make sense? Because our inheritance is the Lord. Our inheritance is the kingdom of God. Our inheritance is the home that God is making for us that we don't inherit anything of our own. We only inherit that which the Lord gives us. Our inheritance is the Lord. You see that how we're called apart, set apart, appointed by God, made by God, ordered by God, saved by God, the righteousness of God, the sanctification of God. He makes us, he saves, he holds us. We're his temple and we are his priests. Our inheritance is the Lord in the fullness of the Lord. Do you see that? Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. World. 
The Lord is their inheritance, as he hath said unto them. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Now, let's go back. And let's take a look at something else in 1 Peter chapter 2. Now, it says, now look at the words. Pay attention to the words here. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, okay, now let's go back to Exodus. <clears throat> We're going to look at Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. Now, pay attention to the words. Pay attention to the specific words here, okay? So you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Peculiar people. Now, in Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 to 6. Exodus 19, verses 5 to 6. This is God talking to the Levites. Let's back up to verse 3, actually. Exodus 19, verse 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord call, called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Verse 5. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure peculiar people a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now look, look at what he says here. Now look what he says here. If you will, if you will obey my voice indeed, as the Bible says to, that God calls us and instructs us to obey the gospel. Obey the gospel and keep my covenant. Now what is the covenant of Jesus Christ? This is the covenant of my blood, which I give for all people. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior for salvation from your sin by grace through faith by belief alone, he saves you by grace, he seals you, changes you, his righteousness, his goodness, his holiness, his sanctification, his redemption, his work, and he changes us and makes us. It's his covenant, not a contract. It's a covenant, not a contract. And so by the covenant of Jesus Christ... In obeying the voice of the gospel, he elects us to do the works of Christ because he has made us, his peculiar people, believer priests. Do you see that? How uh, the same order as it was given in the Old Testament is still in effect through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Look at this. If you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, 
Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for, the, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Just as it says in 1 Peter 2, 9. Just as it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Now, some people argue, well, that's Old Testament. You know, that was about the, the Jewish priests and all this kind of thing. All right. But if we take a look at something else here, we want, as the reference, Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. And if I ever get there. All right, <clears throat> now at verses 20 and 29, Romans chapter 2. Now look at this, Romans chapter 2. Now what did the Lord say if you, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant? Now look at this, in Romans chapter 2, verse 20, 29. Romans 2, verses 20 29. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men but of God. So we see that that it's that you're. Now I'm not saying that we as born again Christians that once you believe in Jesus you that turns you into a Jew. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. This <laughs> is uh, so we see Jews and Gentiles. I'm a Gentile, you're most likely a Gentile, but we are adopted into the family of Abraham by the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what it says. And in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither bond, nor free, neither male, nor female, for you are all one in Christ. But this is talking about the accepted chosen people of God. It's not by works. It's not by the outward. It's not by circumcision of the flesh. It's not by your outward fruit bearing, but it's by the belief of the heart. It's by the spirit. It, it, it says that it's of the heart and of the spirit, that when you obey the voice of God in his covenant and acceptance of his covenant, keep his covenant, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the covenant of God takes you, seals you, makes you who we are. All right. And, it's a, and the priesthood order is, con, is continuing. Let's look at this. We go to Isaiah 61. Let's go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verse 6. Um, actually, we're going to back up. Let's go to verse 1. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath appointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to, to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste places, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste places, the desolation of many generations, 
and strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vineyards. Verse 6. But ye, sh but ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast, shall ye boast yourselves. So, because of what the Lord has done and what the Lord has appointed, what the Lord has called, that those who believe on the Lord, that obey his covenant, are called the priests of the Lord, the ministers of our God. That's what scripture says. That's what scripture says. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. I know we already went over this, but let's look at this again. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Bought with a price, paid for by the death, the blood, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He paid the price in full, full atonement, immediate change. He saves us immediately. We have salvation presently. It's not a, it's not a earning salvation. And we are, we are made this immediately when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as temples of God, as living priests of God. Now, okay. Use your sanctified imagination just for a moment. I'd like you to, to actually look at yourself in this light, in this way. Really think about it just for a moment. This is who and what we are. Yes, we're born again Christians. Yes, we're Christians. Yes, we're disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes, we're, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Yes, he's our God. He's our Father. But you, you who believe on the Lord God Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior for your salvation, you are a living temple, a real life priest of God. when you really understand that and you see that this is absolute truth this changes your entire outlook on the faith let's go to ephesians chapter 4 let's go to ephesians chapter 4 And just look at something here. Ephesians 4.30. So as we're temples of the living God, and the Spirit of God lives within us. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. 
the spirit of the living God, the, the spirit of God that would come upon the tabernacle and the, and the temple in the Shekinah glory cloud and the very presence, the very presence manifested by God would appear there. Sometimes the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire would appear over the tabernacle. And the presence of God was right there and the glory of God that would appear over the Ark of the Covenant that they would walk before, that the temple and the tabernacle would house. That's in here. All of that, the, the, the presence, the glory, the magnificence of the, of the very appearance of God is in here. I am the temple. I am the priest of the temple. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17. Um... Let's back up to verse 14. Ephesians 3, 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. By his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. You are filled with all the fullness of God. The fullness of the, of the Godhead is upon, upon and in Jesus Christ is who Jesus is. He lives within us. The fullness of God in us and we're the priests of the temple this is who and what we are you're not just a christian you're the temple of god of the christian faith you're a priest of god of the christian faith let's ask you a question Does, does hearing this affect the way you look at the faith now? Does, does that change the way you see the faith? Does that change your outlook at all? Does that bother you? Does that trouble you? Does that excite you? Does that change, change your mindset? This is what you are. This is how special you are to the Lord. This is how called of God you are. You're not just one of the many Christians and you kind of fade into the background. You kind of feel yourself as inferior or you feel yourself as not that important as others. No, you're a priest of the living temple of the living God. And that, that God lives in you. God has chosen you to be this when you believed on him as your lord god and savior he made you this you see that now think about what this means then and how you interact with the world how what this means and how you interact with other fellow believers this is how serious the born-again Christian faith is.
Now, could the priests just do whatever they wanted? Let's let's just move on in this in just a little bit. But the priests just do whatever they wanted? Or did they have a set structure? Like you look at Catholicism and Orthodoxy, those crazy cults, and the, the, the structure and the traditions and the rituals and the ordinances and all that stuff that they would do with that, uh, because this is what their priests are supposed to do. But okay, we're believer priests, right? We're believer priests. What's our rituals? What's our traditions what's our structure what's what's the commands and the rules of our holy order was we are all members of a special holy order of priests you know like in that the the cults as you see the devil is a rip-off plagiarizing copycat of course so uh, everything he sees that God has, he wants to have, and he wants to make a corrupted variant of it. But if, for example, you take a look at Catholicism, they have all their different orders, and the, you know the Augustinian order, or this order, the order of this, the order of that, and the order of Bob. But we take a look at the born-again Christian faith. We are in a special, select, chosen, holy order that has rules and structure and tradition and everything. Now, what is our tradition? What are our rules? The Bible. It's that simple. The Word of God, the Scriptures, the Holy Bible, is our absolute and only and final authority in all aspects of faith, the practice of faith. What it says is what we do. What it says is what we believe. It's that simple. This is our rule book. This is the this is the rule book of our holy order. As you are a priest of God, this is your rule book. This is your tradition. This is your structure. This is your order. What God has said, thus saith the Lord, is the order. Is the rule. Is the law. And when he says, go and tell the world preach the gospel. We're traveling priests. We're wandering priests priests we wander this world we travel this world preaching the gospel we're wandering priests and we carry the tabernacle of god with us we are the priests that bear the ark the ark is jesus christ in him we are sealed and protected we bear the ark of christ upon our shoulders the cross guys that 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 we are to bear bear the burdens of each other but to pick up the cross and follow him the ark of Jesus Christ, we bear it, we carry it about as royal priests wandering this earth, as living temples, like a wandering tabernacle, bearing the presence of God, and we show the power of God unto all the people. This is who and what we are. You are that special, selected, chosen, elected of God. You're a royal priest. You're not just some little lay priest. You're not just some unknown backwater, backcountry, unknown priest. You're a royal priest. You are you are a member of the royal household. You're you're a child of the living God, the King. That this is who and what you are, but you're a royal priest of the living temple of the living God. You're not unknown. And we all work together. A holy nation a nation of priests as it says 
a nation of priests, priests of the Lord, ministers of our God, carrying on the tradition as it was set of God way back when, of the faith. The faith, the born-again Christian faith, is our tradition. Our tradition is the simplicity. Our tradition is by grace through faith. Our tradition is the simplicity of worship. Our tradition is to praise the Lord. We don't need fancy robes and flea collars. We don't need to swing the incense things. We don't need all the candles and all the trinkets and the tapestry and all this stuff. We don't need the big fancy cathedrals. For the, for the sky is our cathedral. And we serve the Lord everywhere we are, whether on the water, on the land, in the metropolis, or out in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what's going on. We serve and worship the Lord as wandering priests, royal priests of the living God. You see this. Show forth the praises of him. Spiritual sacrifices. Praise. Show forth the praises of him. We sacrifice unto the Lord our lives. We die to self. We give up all things to the Lord. We serve him. This is what we are. Who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That we should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people. Well, what does he say? But if you will hear my voice and obey my covenant, you will be my people. You will be my people. I will be your God. You should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Because we saw, we heard, and we believed. Ephesians 1, uh, 1.13 In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with this Holy Spirit of promise. This, this really rounds it out when we really take a look at what the word of God says about who and what we are. A lot of Christians only see themselves just as kind of the one of the crowd that followed Jesus. No, it's it, we do follow him, but it's much more than that. That we're just one of the congregation sitting in the pew, listening to the word of God, joining all the voices, worshiping the Lord. Yes, there is that, but much more than that. Because it's not just a bunch of Christians sitting in church listening to the pastor. But it's an order of priests, all equal in the eyes of God, an order of priests, a nation of priests gathering together. All of them are priests, all gathered together to hear the word of God, worship the, the Lord God, to offer up sacrifices to God, Holy, sacred, royal priests. In the robes of righteousness of Jesus Christ, in the robes of royalty of our God, of our King, joined together in the, in the great magnificent light of Jesus Christ to worship Jesus Christ. This is what we are. Don't see yourself as just one of the congregant. See yourself as one of the priests. You're not just one of the Christians. You're the living temple of the living God. 
This changes Christianity. This changes the whole thing. This changes our outlook, changes our worship, just changes our prayers. It changes everything. You don't have to earn his favor in any way. You have his favor because you have his son and he has made you his priest. This is what you're supposed to do. We, in all boldness, we, we march into the, the, the temple before the throne of God in prayer, in spirit, and we offer up sacrifices to God. We offer up the incense to God, and we worship the Lord God, Jesus Christ, because this is what he has made us and what he has called us to do. How great is our God? How great is our Lord? Let's continue. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Now the other thing with this as well, the authority of the priests. The authority of the priest. The priest speaks for God. That the Lord would give the priest the word, the instruction, and how to help the people, what to tell the people, and the priest would take this, what the Lord has said, what the Lord has given, and share it unto the people. Right? What did, what did Jesus Christ say? I give you authority in my name. To go into all the world, preach the gospel, to heal the sick, cast out devils. You see, in the cults, they say only the priests have the authority and all this stuff. And all the, the all the congregants and all the lay people, you know, they, they don't. Only the priests have the knowledge. Only the priests have all the special power and all this stuff. Well, you see, that's what the cults say. But in born-again Christian uh, Christianity... By grace, through faith, by belief alone in the Lord God, Jesus Christ alone, amen, is that we all have. I have. You have. If you have believed on the Lord God, Jesus Christ, your Lord God and Savior, by grace, through faith, you have authority as a priest of God to go and speak the words of God, to witness, to evangelize, to declare the truth of the Lord to the world, and he has given you authority in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, to go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out devils. You don't, you don't need to go and call some special priest. You are a priest. You see that? The encouragement of this, the power of this, that you're not just a believer, you're a believer priest. You're not just a Christian, you're a Christian priest. Do you see that? You have authority in the name of Jesus Christ and because the Spirit of God lives inside of you, right? He teaches you all things, causes you to be in remembrance of all things. He teaches you how to pray in all things. And because of this, he also interprets the Word of God to you. The natural man receiveth not the things that be of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. But we have the Spirit of God within us, who opens and unlocks the Scriptures to our minds. He shows us the words of God, he speaks to us, and then we go and share the Word of God to the world. 
So we go into all the world sharing the word of God and healing the sick, casting out devils and praising the Lord, offering up sacrifices and incense in the name of the Lord. We're the keepers of the temple. We're the protectors of the temple. We live in the temple. The temple is our home. God is our inheritance. You see that? This is what you are. This is what you are when you believe on the Lord God, Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, by belief alone. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. You're so peculiar. You're different. You, there's a power in you that is not in everyone else. There's something different about you that's unlike everyone else. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You have such a mystical mind, a mystical life. You're different. You live spiritual, not physical. That when you call upon the Lord, things happen. You intercede for others. In prayer, you bring, you bear them up before the Lord, asking the Lord for help for them. People come to you for advice because you speak the word of God. You see this? You see this now, 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 do you see how the cults have, have totally corrupted and perverted this system? You see that? We are a chosen generation of royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people. You should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who is Peter talking to? He's talking to the born again Christians. He's talking to the born-again Christians, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, are now the ministers of God, are now a holy nation, are now the priests of the Lord, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak, they speak against you as evildoers, they may by, by your good, good works, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now look at this. That whereas they may they speak against you as evildoers. Now this is reminiscent of 1 Peter three fifteen and sixteen. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. See. The priests are the ones that sanctify things, right? You see the world in the world, you know, they, they want a house or a person or a baby or whatever else or whatever thing. They go and call a priest, a priest comes and sanctifies the thing by calling on the Lord and the thing is sanctified. And how, how the, a priest could pray over food and the food is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Uh, that's our job. Because that's what we are. We're priests. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And your food is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. That we call upon the Lord and ask the Lord for his blessing upon a thing. The Lord does that. He hears his priests. God hears his priests. He, he says, all those who call upon me, I will answer. What did Jesus say? That whatever we ask in his name, he will do it? We're his priests. What kind of God doesn't listen to his priests? Doesn't hear his priests? Especially when, when God sets up the priest as his priest, that God creates this order. Why would he not listen to his priests? 
when they call upon to ask him for help and protection, instruction and wisdom and guidance, all this, why would he not pay attention to his priests? But our God does. He hears us. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. As, as we are the temple of God, the priest of God, bearing the, the covenant of God, people see this. It draws them. They want to see what is this temple all about? What is this priesthood all about? And they come and ask you about this. And some people mock and scoff and ridicule the temple of God. Verse 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Your good conversation in Christ. As the priests speak well, the priests always have the Lord on their mind. There's a Christ mindfulness amongst the priest order. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Let's go to 1 Peter 1.16. 1 Peter 1.16. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Back up verse 15. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. You are a holy priest. You are a holy priest. Really, really drive that home. You are a sacred, special, holy priest of God. This is how serious the born-again Christian faith is. So, because of this, be ye holy. Because he is holy who has called you. Because he is holy who has made you. He is holy who, who has set you and elected you to do his works, to be his priest, to be his temple. As he is holy and he is giving you this holy order and this holy temple that he has consecrated for you to live in, work in, to, to carry out all your ordinances as a priest because he has set all of this up around you. Now see the wall, see the pillars, see the table of the showbread, see the laver, see the candlestick, see the ark of God in the temple. You're standing there right in the middle of it and all this is surrounding you. This is your temple. You're the priest of this little temple. You're the priest of this tabernacle. This is a holy, sacred, special, select, elected calling of God that he has placed you in. You're not just a Christian. You're not just a believer. You're not just a congregant. You're not just one of the brethren. You are a living temple, living priest who is called to carry out the ordinances of God. Do you see that? You see that? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 20 to 22. Now talking about sacrifices. We see how we are in the world, but we're not of the world. That there must be a distinction there must be a distinction 
because when it's as it says in first peter 3 15 sanctify the lord god in your heart and be ready always to, to give an answer to them and come and ask you the hope within you i i've always asked the question what is it that is drawing the people to want to come to you and ask you about the hope what is drawing them there's something about you that is different that's what's the word peculiar that stands out stands apart that's a shining light in this dark world that draws the attention of the eyes of all the people and they want to come and they want to know about this that as they're wandering the broad way to hell that they look to the side and there's this temple that's that's homing a, a priest that is it, standing on the steps of the temple preaching to the people and there's something so different about this and it draws their attention they they they, they stop for a moment on the broad way to hell and they turn to the side and they come and they ask of you about the hope that is in you so you must be set apart there must be something different about you to be able to draw them do you see that Look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. The ways of the world. The things that the world worships. The things that the world takes enjoyment in. Uh, that is an offense unto God. Because the priests were not allowed, according to their order, were, were instructed to have nothing to do with X, Y, Z. These things uh, that the Lord is against were to be called were called to be set apart. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partaker of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? You really think you could resist? Only God. God can uh, has the has the power, but He calls us. We don't in and of ourselves don't have power over devils. Only God has power over devils, but he has given us authority to speak in his name, to, to be, to be his, uh, his, his voice, so to speak. Now look at this. We're called to be separate. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. says, I talk about in everything that you do, even in eating and drinking, duel to the glory of God. How does a priest go about their day? How does a priest conduct themselves? How does a priest... A born-again Christian by God, through by grace, through faith, by belief alone, Lord God, Jesus Christ alone, priest. Not these crazy monastery robe-wearing, flea-collar-wearing, you know, Mary-praying priests. I'm not, not about them. I'm talking not those chanting uh, fakers, those mock priests. I'm talking about the real thing. Those aren't priests. Those are fake priests. Those are mock priests. Those are fraud priests. As many false prophets, false false uh, apostles, deceitful workers, mock priests. We are the priests of God, not them. We uh, we don't need to to wear all the fancy collar robes and you know, have the beads and the crystals and all that kind of. Stuff. We don't need any of that. You don't have to go through all through years and years and years and years and years of special priest schooling. You're schooled by Scripture, by the Holy Spirit of God, the moment you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord God and Savior, and appointed a priest immediately when you believe in the gospel. That's what Scripture says. We have the authority to speak it in His name. 
We have authority in the name of Jesus Christ to cast out devils. We have authority in the name of Jesus Christ to sanctify in his name by calling on his name, praying in his name, and he blesses and he will work with us. And they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. And he does the same thing for us. As the Levites were for Israel, we are for the world. That's what the scriptures say. This is who and what we are. This is what we are. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. They should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Think about this. When we really take to heart what the scriptures really say, it completely does away with the false imagery that has been poured out as a false indoctrination upon the congregants for so long by all the denominationalism and all the the crazy traditionalism and the religiosity and the Phariseeism and the legalism and all this stuff going on that uh, you are not a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a this or a that. You're a born-again Christian believer priest. There's only one calling. There's only one name that we are under. It's not denominationalism. Some say of Paul, some say of Cephas, some say of Apollos. We're not all one under Christ. We're all equal in the eyes of God. By grace through faith, by belief alone, the Lord God, Jesus Christ alone, made a living temple of a living priest that we are priests of God. Of one calling, one order, one tradition, one ritual, one or one order, one rule, one law. What the word of God says. Who cares about the tapestry? Who cares about the phylacteries? Who cares about the buildings? Who cares about men's tradition? Who cares about men's schools? I care about the schooling of the Spirit of God by the Word of God. This is what it says. Now, what I want you to do is to take this, go back through this, write down the references that I showed you. I want you to do the study yourself, and I want you to look at this. I want this to affect your mind in such a way that this is born-again Christianity to you. You're not just a Christian. You're a believer priest. You have more authority than all of the world's priests combined together. One priest of God can stand on Mount Carmel and undo all of the prophets of Baal. You're a priest of God, of the same order of Elijah, of Moses, of Samuel, of Elisha, of Joshua, the same order of Daniel, the same order of the Levites. It's the same God, but you are called to be a priest. You're a priest of God. Think about this. This is what we are. We bear the covenant upon our shoulders. Within us, within our hearts, is the presence of Almighty God in the holiest of holies. In our hearts, he, this is what he has made, our hearts. 
He has torn the veil and he has given this unto us. And he says, bear me upon your shoulders. Carry me into all the world. I will work with you. As you teach the people, I'll give you the words with which to say. I'll teach you how to pray. I'll cause you to be remembrance of everything. I will empower you. My authority I give to you by grace. And this is what I, what I tell you to tell them. I here, here are the priest robes. Here's the covenant. Here's the calling. Here you go. Here's the temple. This is now your home. Your inheritance is me, says the Lord. And no one can take it away from you. No one can strip this from you. There's no, uh, no overboard or whatever else that guy can strip you of this. You will never be cast out. You'll never be cast out. If you don't find this special, if you don't find this encouraging, if you don't find this life-changing, then there's something wrong with you. Much, much of uh, modern Christianity, much of denominationalism, has stripped the sacred from the calling. What I'm trying to do is bring it back. I'm trying to bring the sacred back. That's why I preach the way I do. That's why I teach the way I do. And the liveliness and the passion and the fervency because this is what I believe. This, is, to me, this is what Christianity is. I'm not just a Christian. I'm not just a preacher. I'm not just an evangelist. I am a priest. I'm a priest of the living God. So are you. If you believe on the Lord God, Jesus Christ, your Lord God and Savior by grace through faith, you are a priest of God. I don't care who or what you are, where you are, what you've done. You've been changed. All sin forgiven. All is forgiven and forgotten, washed clean by the Spirit of God. You are made a priest of God. You are made a, as a temple of God. Tell yourself this. Preach this to yourself. Change your mind. And it'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you read. It'll change the way you live. It changes the very way you see God. It makes the faith alive. It makes the faith special, more special. As it gives more power, more instruction, more of an outlook. And no one can take this from you. No matter what they say or do. Believer priests, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That should show forth the praises of him, sacrifices of praise, sacrifices of thanksgiving, our offerings of incense, our offerings of ourselves, of our substance, to help the building of the faith. We give ourselves, this is what we are, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how powerful Christ is, what he has done for us. This is how special we are to him. Remember this.
When everyone else doesn't see this, the Lord sees you. And he lives in your temple that you are the priest of. Amen. All right, so there you go. Any thoughts, comments, questions, issues, insights? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? This is uh, something that's been on my mind just, uh, just over the last while. It's just It's always going over this, and, and I hardly ever really hear much of this kind of aspect, this angle of it. And I'll be to talk about, you know, they quote this passage and stuff, but to really delve into this, to really drive this home, this is what we are. This is what we are. And, and a lot of people are hesitant because of what the world has done. What the world has done with the idea of priests. Their mocking of priests and the, the corruption of cult priests and all this kind of stuff. And so we're hesitant to use certain words because of what the world has done. But God calls us priests. Why should we be ashamed of calling ourselves priests? I'm a priest. So are you. Why, why should we be hesitant to use God's language, to use God's imagery, to use what God has given us in every facet of the meaning? But think about this. You're a born-again Christian priest. Tell yourself that. This is what I am. And I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I don't care what other people say about it because this is what God says. Why should I care about what man says? Think about it. Scripture is our authority. Nothing else. All right, so with that, we'll wrap it up there. If you appreciate these studies, please give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos. And check out all our other videos. We've got tons of other goodies and content. And if you haven't seen it, please check out our previous study regarding living temples. And how we are a living temple. It's just that these two really go together and uh, uh, hammer this home, this imagery of what we are in Jesus Christ. So I hope this has been a help and a comfort and encouragement to you. And uh, as well as make sure to check out our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We have links to all our other studies and uh, through the different uh, accounts that we have there. So please make sure you check that out. We have free downloadable gospel track PDFs and e-tracks and uh, tons of other goodies. So make sure you check out our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. And if you need to contact us, anything, there's a contact us link on our website as well. If you follow on any of the other media, you could just contact me directly there. Alrighty, so with that, we'll wrap it up there. God bless you, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless. Thank you.